Okay, and we're back in five, four. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Scott. I'm here with Laura Lee. Hey. And Anna. Hi. Last time we did an episode, we were working on our June-July issue. That should be out probably at the same time this podcast is. So if you're listening to this, go get your June-July issue. Also coming up this next week, we have 66 children coming by for a field trip. That's going to be awesome. I'm not going to be here, so Anna gets to deal with that. No, thanks to you, Scott. It's not just Anna dealing with it. Um, It's going to be a group effort. Um, We have five interns, and each intern is going to be assigned to a section. We're going to have five um, groups of 13 children, and plus their chaperones? Yeah. Plus their chaperones. So that's exciting. And we have interns. And we have interns. Today was their first day, but it'll be their second, third day when this podcast comes out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their second day is going to be Monday. All five of them should be here at some point Monday. And then next Thursday when the 66 kids are here, we'll be... Yeah, they get to help with that. Yeah, they they get to help with that. And then that Friday, they go to their first, first Friday coffee. So that's exciting. They get to, you know, explore their community. All right, cool. Well, this week we are talking about what motivates us. A lot of times in a creative position, you can get kind of burnt out and lose motivation um, so what are some of the things that motivate you guys? I think um, mine is to look up maybe something I don't know and figure it out. I kind of, I like, I think problem solving or learning something new kind of makes my brain juices get flowing a little better. Yeah, I like looking at new content people put out. Um whether it's a tutorial or something, but I always like trying new things that people I follow on YouTube put out. Uh, usually when I get super motivated, that's why. Uh, I generally tend to feel motivated after I've like watched a really good TV show or read a really good book um, or you know something online. And that just makes me feel more motivated and me feeling more motivated means like I want to write more. If that's, you know, just in my personal life or I don't write as many blogs now as I did when I first started here. But like if I'm motivated, I need to really write my articles that are going to go in the magazine because I don't I don't always feel so motivated to write. Sometimes it's like pulling teeth and it just drags. I don't know why I get like that sometimes. Maybe it's because I'm always trying to create something new. But um, yeah, I really try to find things that make me want to write before I have to write. I always find it really hard to get motivated if it's something that I just don't want to do. And it's not always because it's going to be a hard project. It might be just a client that I find difficult or just something small that I think still takes much time and never does. It's like, you know, oh, this logo is going to take forever because I have to vectorize it. You like mentally psych yourself. Yeah. Out. And it takes like a minute and a half and mm-hmm. I put it off for three days because I yep. just didn't I do that two times. It. I'm like working on a website and it's like I, you, <clears throat> I'm looking at the whole project instead of like breaking it into smaller things and such so i'm just like i don't i don't even want to try this right now and it's not that hard like sometimes it'll take like an hour to do something that i need to do but i can feel very overwhelming so then i just don't even want to start it if i have something that i don't know where to start or if i have like a lot of content that can go into it in a story i don't want to start it i put it off until the last like moment i can because i know once i get this started i know i want to include this this and this but I don't want to listen to the whole thing and I know that point B is at the very end of the interview. So 
that also makes me really drag. I just recently wrote the longest article I've ever written in the magazine, and it stemmed from the longest interview I have ever in my life had. And that was, it was one of the best articles I feel like I've ever written, but it did take me some, I had to get some momentum to get myself prepared to write that article. So I knew how much it meant to the people I was writing about. Everything behind that story is really what motivated me to make it as long as it was. What, what it's, that's it's, a good article. Yeah, it's a really good article. Oh, thanks guys. <laughs> I was having a lot of trouble with it at first because I really, I knew what direction I wanted to take it in, but I wasn't quite sure how to implement it. And I really, I wanted to do the best that I could. I felt like, I felt like part of myself was involved in writing that story because I spent so much time on that interview and I really wanted it to come across the best way it could. Yeah. Well, I find it, I mean, usually it's easier with projects that you care about or enjoy the people you're working with on it. It's just easier to be motivated about. I, um, in June, July, I wrote an article about elephants and that is an article I have wanted to write since I first started working here. Hole-in-Wall, Tennessee is home to the elephant sanctuary and they are elephants in Tennessee. I think that is the grandest thing. I mean, sure. Yeah, I did like procrastinate a little writing that article but I was so excited like once I started writing it I was like I need to include about this elephant and I need to include about you know the discovery center in downtown Hollywood it was just I'm so happy with that article <laughs> it's so great I can't wait for y'all to get to see it so what is like the the, the driving force that motivates you like what makes you do what you do. I may have already touched on this, but I really want to, like, my sole purpose in life is to do something that will help others. I really feel like, you know, I don't want to say that's my calling, but that's like, I absolutely want to do something that will allow people to better themselves or allow me to help them better themselves. I feel like we're only on this earth for so long and I need to do something that makes that worthwhile. And I want to help people. And that's why, you know, I'm writing. I feel like I'm helping these small businesses and these artisans that are in West Tennessee. And that's my way of helping them, help them get their stories out. And that's, you know, it's my passion project. I want to help people. I want to leave an impression. I don't know if we want to help people. That sounds mean. If I have the opportunity to help somebody, I want to help somebody. But... I want to leave an impression. I want, you know, 50, 100 years from now, someone to look back at a piece of design or a piece of artwork and go, oh, you know, that came from 2022 when Scott Taylor was going through this phase in his life and made this design choice. And so do you feel like you're a Van Gogh waiting to be? You know? I'm going to keep both my ears. <laughs> I have great hearing. I'm not giving that up. What motivates you, Lily? I like, I don't know, I like building things and problem solving. Like, that sounds really simple, but I like, I don't know, like, I like to see things go from, like, A all the way to Z. So, why coding and website design instead of, you know, being a mathematician or something and f solving, like, an unsolvable theorem? Because those problems aren't... Oh, she likes is, problem is, solving. What's yeah, the difference? Yeah, but it's not a creation. You're not, yeah. you're not like, seeing something grow. Like, you're just like, oh, right. the answer is four. And, uh, like, so, like, for a website, you get to take it from, like, 
like a white screen all the way to something magnificent. And it also solves the problem for a lot of businesses. You know, you talk about like trying to sell something online and you get to build something that's beautiful and it's functional and it also helps them make revenue. So is that blank page not something that um, you say you go from like a white page to making something grow? Is that not intimidating? I love it. I, yeah, I love it. That's like growing up, I always loved I had a bunch of drawing books. I drew constantly and I drew on things constantly. And as a teenager, I liked playing video games that had like super in-depth customization so you could like mm-hmm. do all sorts of things. And I do that now with like my stuff at home and it drives my wife nuts because everything I have has something on it. It's like, can you, can you not just leave it alone? No, because I can make it not necessarily better, but I can make it more fit to me in my style. So if something doesn't have anything on it, I'm gonna put something on it because it's fun to see where it can go. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. I think sometimes you can get like a like a block. And that's what I was talking about earlier. Sometimes it's very overwhelming to, you know, and you're just like, ah, but you have to break it down. And there's a lot of steps you can take to break it down, but no, it's it's not scary or not fun. I love it. I think it's really like I said it's really cool building something or especially when you get to like rebrand a whole you know as a whole and see for you like coding that stresses me out because i don't i'm not good at it i can do it but it will take me ages and my brain will hurt yeah but drawing and designing and coming up with a brand for me i just get to shut my brain off and just go and then four hours later i pick my head up and i have seven pages worth of ideas that just kind of happened See, that's kind of what I do when I write. I kind of just like, I'm listening to the interview and I just type up what I hear. I, I used to write, but now I'm getting to the point where I can type as I'm listening. And I kind of get away from myself because like you said, my brain does shut off. And I find myself like six paragraphs deep into <laughs> quotes. And, you know, I mean, that's always a good place to start for me because I do find like a blank page really, I do find it intimidating because I don't want to get overwhelmed where I can't start. So as long as I get something on the page, I always know I can go further with it. But yeah, the the shutting off always kind of gets me in trouble when I'm listening to an interview. So now that we've talked about who we are, we're going to try and figure out if we can find out who these people are in a game that Anna calls... Who am I? Who am I? What is this? What are we doing? So I'm going to give you guys um, some facts and I want you to guess who it is. And I have five facts picked out. There are three people, and I'm gonna start with. Are they like current people or they dead? They are actually all dead. Okay, cool. They're I'm historical not. figures, so okay. I will okay. not do well. No, I think you guys are gonna do really well. I did try this out on the interns and Morgan. Uh, um, Morgan Winter helped me compose this, so I think I think it's gonna be good. See, I really like history. I'm good at history. But I'm bad at history because I do I'm not bad, remember names yeah. or dates. Okay. Well, I'm just bad at pressure and games. I think I think you guys will do good in this. I know I would do really good at this. Fact one. Born in Warsaw on November 7th, 1867. Okay. Fact two. Won two Nobel Peace Prizes. Okay. <laughs> Did research that was crucial in the development of x-rays in surgery. Okay. Oh my gosh. Come on, Marie I really Curry. thought it is Marie Curie. Okay. Yay! Curie? Curie. Curie. Marie Curie was a scientist. Um, I don't know who she is, you just said Curie instead of Curie. Was a scientist that faced great opposition for male scientists, and she was also the international, she was um, the International Red Cross's 
head of radiological services. She lived from 1867 to 1934. She's really cool. Okay, number two. The first one is American Aviator. Charles Lindbergh. No. Class, what? Those are the Wright brothers. No. Um, Passed flight test in December 1921. Amelia Earhart. It is Amelia Earhart. That's also my next guess. There's only um, like three really famous yeah, aviators. Yeah. So she was the second person after Charles Lindbergh to fly solo across the Atlantic Ocean, but the first person to fly solo from Hawaii to the United States mainland in 1935 she was lost at sea sometime in 1937 and i think they there are lots of conspiracy theories concerning amelia well there's a recent one though that they like think they like did some like testing on some like bones and they think it's her like they're pretty sure it was her yeah like i said lots of conspiracy theories so okay you guys ready for the third one see these were easy you haven't lost one yet. I hope you don't know this one. Okay. The next one. Um, born on February 15th, 1820. Susan and- Anthony. What the heck? I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was I know that. <laughs> no, I have to do a report. It's like, I know. Plus, they've all been female. Yeah, that was the so. point. So, you know, great. That was amazing. <laughs> I don't like you. So, um. I thought you cheated. Just read her <laughs> Susan B. Anthony was born on February 15th, 1820 in Adam, Massachusetts to Quaker parents. She was an activist for human rights. Uh, she was also the first person to be arrested and put on trial for voting in November of 1872. She was the author of the 19th Amendment, um, which was proposed by James R. Mann 14 years after her death. She is also on a coin. Yay, U.S. currency. All right. Well, that is it for the game. We got some more work to do before the end of the day, so we will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Find the podcast on our website, also on Spotify and iTunes. We will see you next time. Bye.